Welcome to Talos Takes, the quick take podcast where our researchers break down this week's hot topic in cybersecurity for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Talos Takes. I am Jonathan Munshaw, again, joined by uh, Nick Piacini. And today, Nick and I are going to be talking about uh, fingerprint scanning and, and unlocking uh, your devices with fingerprints. We just had a huge uh, blog post go up about this this week uh, on our site that you can check out. And uh, the two researchers who mainly worked on this project, they have a recorded presentation about it up on our YouTube page. So you can check all of that out after you listen to Nick and I uh, run through this. So uh, thanks for coming on, Nick. And why don't you just kind of dive in and start by talking about what some of your biggest takeaways are from the research that uh, Paul and Vitor did. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's really, really important research. It really does show that it is possible to break fingerprint technology. Uh, but the big thing you have to remember is with this type of authentication specifically, individual organizations have to decide a balance between usability and functionality, right? The more secure you make it or the more tight you make the authentication of the fingerprint, it's going to make it more prone to failure. So instead of you having one attempt with your fingerprint, it may take five, six, seven attempts before you actually unlock the device. And a lot of organizations have kind of made the determination about how tight the fidelity needs to be. And obviously, there's a balance to be struck there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, from a non-technical perspective, as someone who, you know, I wasn't certainly wasn't involved in the actual research on this, uh, you know, the biggest takeaway for me was just like, you know, I'm fine with using my fingerprint unlock. I have a Google Pixel phone. Like, I'm fine to keep using the fingerprint reader on that and my uh, PIN code. Uh, but for somebody, you know, who might be working with some more uh, confidential information or somebody else's personal information, uh, you might want to yeah, think about that, an that's alternative. that's exactly it. Like if you're, if you're a value of high target or you're somebody who's protecting very sensitive data, I mean, relying on a single factor authentication method alone isn't probably a good idea. And that's basically what you're doing by using just a fingerprint. It's just something you are. Uh, typically, you would want to have another factor there, either something you have like a token or something or something, you know, like a password, right? You want true multi-factor authentication, not just biometric authentication, which is what this is. Uh, and again, for the average user, it really doesn't make a difference. I mean, this is fine for you. If an attacker is going to target or attack you with this, they're going to have to do it in a targeted manner. Uh, we spend a lot of time talking about the the means of acquiring fingerprints to do the 3D printing and how you really do need to uh, have high resolution photos or be able to to pull the information off of a physical asset. This isn't something that an adversary can take lightly, right? They have to really target you, spend time and effort. And for the overwhelming majority of people, attackers just aren't going to do that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, just like with every other piece of technology, it's going to be a trade off between usability and functionality and security. So like on my MacBook Pro, um, I think it's way more convenient for me to use a little fingerprint reader on the keyboard than it is for me to type in my password every time I want to unlock the device. Um, so that's basically you know, why fingerprint uh, readers exist in the first place is for the sole purpose of making it easier for people to access uh, their devices. So really what you, you know, when you're using these and, you know, if you're registering a new device, say, or you just came home uh, with a new iPad or something like that, 
uh, and you're setting this up, you just want to keep in mind that you basically always need to have a backup plan uh, besides just the fingerprint reader because it doesn't matter what device it is that you're using. Um, you know, our research shows that basically almost any device you can get by if you either try hard enough or try yeah. enough times. And again, look, if you're a paranoid person or you're concerned about this, then just don't use it. I mean, there's no requirement that you need to use this, this type of technology. But if you are, you know, going to use it, realize that in the overwhelming majority of circumstances, it is fine as your primary mode of authentication. So uh, just to wrap things up, Nick, are there any other uh, pieces of advice that you have for folks about protecting their mobile devices? And, you know, that can do everything from just smartphones to tablets and, you know, basically everything is connected to the Internet at this point. I mean, and look, I would say without a doubt, having a fingerprint as authentication is far better than having nothing as authentication on your mobile device. I mean, any level of authentication you can do is going to benefit you. Uh, but again, for the overwhelming majority of users, fingerprint authentication is going to be fine. Uh, if you are concerned or you are a target of value or concerned about accessing data, just don't use it or use it as one of several factors of authentication to really provide that extra layer of security. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks again for coming on, Nick, and doing another Talos Takes Work From Home edition with me. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Thanks, and we will be back uh, next week with another episode of Talos Takes to talk about something else that's top of mind for us.